Welcome to the Crazy Beautiful Life Podcast. My name is Bethany, most people call me B, and I'm your host. This podcast covers topics like women's health and wellness, periods, hormones, personal development, mindset, and so much more. This podcast will help inspire you to live your most crazy beautiful life. Welcome along. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast and welcome to the third day of Podmas. If you missed episodes one and two, the first and second day of Podmas, then make sure you check those out. So far, we've covered conscious consumerism during the holidays, the number one quality of highly successful people. And today we are joined by my dear friend, Odetta Casa. Odetta, welcome to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. Hello. Good morning. We're filming this on a Monday. So happy Monday. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so fired up. This is such a great way to start my week. And um, I'm happy to I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad we made this happen. And it was funny when we were hanging out the other week and we were like chit-chatting. I was like, oh my God, this conversation would make such a good yeah. podcast. <laughs> so this is great. And this is your second time on the podcast. I feel like so much has happened since you're first on the pod. Oh my God. So much. I don't, I think I was first on your podcast in 2020, like mid 2020. So maybe a year and a half ago. And since then you and I have been trying to coordinate to have me back on because I couldn't stop thinking about it ever since we recorded that first episode. I'm like, Oh my God, so much happened. I need to update her. I need to get on our podcast and talk about it. So I'm so happy we're finally doing this, but yeah, that coffee chat that we had, um, gold, everything we talked about that day. I'm like, Oh, I wish we recorded this and just made it into an episode. (laughs) We we, we dove deep into some pretty awesome topics. I felt, I felt so inspired leaving that conversation with you. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go take on the world. Me too. I felt the exact same way. I, I got home and I was like, wow, like that was just great. I need more conversations like this, more interactions like this. Oh yeah. So I guess since it's been a little while since our first episode, um, let's let our listeners know who you are, what you do, how you spend your time. Let us into the world of Miss Odetta Casa. Oh my God. What a complicated world that is. Um, (laughs) Hello, everybody who's listening. I'm Odetta. Um, I'm a Toronto-based online holistic health coach, trainer, fitness, and yoga instructor. So I do all the things, fitness, health, wellness. Um, I'm very, very passionate about holistic health. So not only do I help clients with the physical part of things, but I help with the emotional, mental, and spiritual side of things, because I feel like I believe that really living a healthy, authentic, genuine life means taking care of every pillar of your health and wellness, which means your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So yeah, I help, uh, I mainly work with women to um, help them develop mindful movement and wellness practices. And a really key pillar in my work is helping women work with instead of against their bodies. Um, so yeah, I started my fitness journey over 10 years ago and it's just been a roller coaster since then. I dove into studying it full time with you. We were in the same kinesiology program in university. And after that became group fitness instructor, personal trainer, nutrition coach, and really continued my education trying to learn as much as I could about holistic health and wellness. So that's kind of 
my background, um, what I am doing now, it's not different. It's just evolved in a lot of ways and it's grown in a lot of ways. So I do have a very strong fitness background, but over the last year, it has really uh, evolved to include embodiment practices. So embodiment is such a big pillar of my work and what I help my clients with. And that's essentially embodying the person that you want to be embodying the energy that you want to put out into this world, embodying um, whatever it is that you want to manifest in your reality. So essentially embodiment is like the tangible, visible form of an idea, quality, or feeling. So it's taking all of these ideas and theories and concepts and living them in your life. So really putting them into reality, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just like a little bit about me. So I'm running online programs. I work one-on-one clients. I teach yoga classes, super, super passionate about what I do. And I, yeah, I love what I do. I love what you do too. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you do. And I also think something that's really interesting about you as a person is that you could know you for, for five years, for 10 years, for, for 15 years, but there's always more, there's always Mm -hmm. more to you, which when you were giving that summary, just a little bit about yourself, I'm like, there's always more to Odetta. Like there's one level level deeper. It's amazing. (laughs) I had to really summarize that down. Um, that was maybe like 0.2% of who I am and what I do, but yeah, it's, it's evolving every day. I'm growing every day. I'm changing every day. And I really think a big part of growing and evolving has a lot to do with uncovering. So yes, I'm learning new things and I'm trying new things and I'm, I'm, I'm gaining more knowledge in certain areas, but the biggest key to my growth and development over the last few years has actually been unlearning everything that I've learned, like all of the conditioning, all of the shoulds, all of the have tos, all of the rules, kind of throwing that out the window and uncovering the natural essence of who I am. So that to me has been such a key pillar in my growth. Um, It's not constantly going outside of myself to look for more. It's really removing the fluff and removing the haze and seeing, okay, who am I underneath everything that I've been taught and everything that I've learned my whole life. So really getting back to the essence of who you were as a kid, like who were you as a kid? What were you naturally, uh, what did you naturally gravitate towards? What did you do in your free time? Getting back to that and then living from that place that has been, yeah, that has been the key for, for my growth recently is the uncovering. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what did you enjoy as a kid? How did you go from little Odetta to the Odetta that I met in university to the Odetta now? Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> big question. <laughs> Again, to, to quickly summarize all that, um, as a kid, I, I mean, I'm very similar now, um, as I was as a kid, but mainly because I really tap into that state every day. So I was really extroverted, really bubbly, loved taking up space. I was a dancer, an athlete, loved moving my body, loved singing, acting, the arts and drama. Um, I was really, really naturally, I gravitated towards 
the arts and creative pursuits. Like I started journaling and writing poetry when I was seven years old and that has changed. Um, So yeah, just like the creative, expressive, really bubbly, really expansive version of myself is that little girl in me. So I really tried to live my life from that place to be completely uninhibited to spend my time doing as many creative pursuits, creative hobbies as I possibly can. And my work is very creative too, uh, mainly because I chose it to be that way (laughs) because that's where I thrive. But um, yeah, really extroverted, bubbly, expansive, just wants to learn a lot and make the world a better place. I feel like I'm talking from my five-year-old self right now. I'm like very energetic. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love, love, love. You have like the biggest (laughs) smile on your face. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm having a good morning. So I guess we can tell our listeners how we cross paths. So we obviously, as you guys have gathered by now, we met during university. We were both studying kinesiology and we've just sort of stayed in touch since. And our program was super, super, super science, physiology, anatomy, biomechanics, super heavy and all of those things. And we were sort of going different paths. Like in, in university, you were going really towards like the wellness industry, fitness industry. And I always thought that I was going the other way. I always thought I was going clinical, clinical, clinical hospital, all of these sorts of things. And now here I am in in the wellness and fitness industry. And, um, you were really working a lot during university in the wellness industry. Um, when did you sort of change the way that you perceived fitness and wellness? Because I know you were doing one type of wellness and then you were like, oh crap, strength training for women is where it's at. So when did you sort of see that strength training is incredible? Oh my gosh. Um, so I found strength training at the age of 17, actually. Wow. Um, so I had an eating disorder when I was 15 and that was really the catalyst to me diving into holistic health and wellness. Because when I got out of the hospital, the one thing that I committed myself to was never going back. So I'm like, okay, the first way that I approached health and fitness did not work because I overexercised, restricted myself, and I just developed such an unhealthy relationship with food, fitness, and my body. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's try this again and see if we can um, approach health and fitness from a, a more sustainable, holistic, compassionate place, because I still loved fitness and I was so passionate about nutrition. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to forget about it. It's like really yeah. a big part of who I am. So uh, I started doing yoga shortly after, and that is such an important part of my life. But yeah, I found strength training when I was 17 and that gave me um, an outlet to process a lot of the emotions I was experience, experiencing, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of anxiety. Every time I would go to the gym and I would lift and I'd push myself, it would prove to me that I could do hard things and and it would build up that obviously physical strength, but also mental resiliency. Um, but shortly after finding strength training, maybe a couple months into it, I got obsessed with, um, the gym in an unhealthy way again, and my body again. And now instead of trying to be skinny, it was, oh my God, I need to be lean and I need to gain muscle and kind of develop orthorexia, like trying to be super healthy and super perfect with my diet. So it still turned out to be unsustainable and not good for my, um, well-being. 
So ever since then, just being on the path that I'm on, studying kinesiology in university, becoming a trainer and a coach, um, again, every day it's evolving, but I really wanted to come to this place of, okay, I think a lot of women deal with this when they find strength training. First of all, a lot of them don't know what to do. So it's very intimidating. So they spend years testing it out, trial and error. Um, But a lot of them go into it with this unhealthy mentality because it's very easy, especially as women, to get caught up in what we look like, get caught up in the numbers, um, get caught up in the physique side of things. Um, Instead of really approaching fitness and strength training from a place of, I want to get stronger. I want to improve my performance. I want to move better. I want to feel better in my body. I want to prove to myself that I can do hard things. So it was a combination of obviously all of my academic um, education, but my personal experience mainly where I spent 10 years doing the trial and error thing. And I did every diet in the book and I did every workout program in the book. And I always came back to strength training and yoga, mindful movement, and really coupling that with developing a healthy relationship with food and my body. So it was definitely not a linear journey. And I've had a lot of support and coaches and mentors along the way. Um, Yeah, but I think I think strength training for women is such a beautiful and powerful outlet to feel confident, to feel strong when you are approaching it from a place of, I can do hard things. Let's see what my body can do. Let's get stronger every day. Let's get more confident every day. And then, you know, the, the physical results are kind of a byproduct, which is awesome. Like everyone wants to look good and feel good. Yeah. But really going into the gym with the mindset of I'm here to prove to myself that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. I think that is where that is where your mind needs to be for sure. Something that I hear a lot, um, and mainly in, in like teenagers actually, it's like, I want to be really strong, but I don't want to look strong. I don't want to look bulky or super muscular. And Mm. it's so interesting (laughs) to me when I hear that type of conversation, because I'm like, what's wrong with looking strong? What's wrong with having musculature? Like what is going on there? Have you experienced that in, in your work as well? And with your clients and such? Absolutely. It's like the number one thing I hear from women. I don't want to look too bulky or I don't want to look too strong. And I think that says a lot about our society and our culture and just the conditioning that we grew up with. So just the questions you asked there, that's a beautiful place to start, right? Because you can't change anything unless you're aware of it. So unless you build up that awareness around where your beliefs are coming from, how can you really approach anything with intentionality or mindfulness? So The moment that you think that to yourself, or you say that out loud, maybe take a second to pause and ask yourself, where is that coming from? Is that coming from this idea that to be beautiful, I have to be skinny? Is this coming from this idea that my, you know, my parents or my family instilled in me saying that bulky women were some kind of women or to be beautiful, I had to look X, Y, Z. And so really starting to deconstruct those thoughts, I think is a beautiful place to start. Um, But just like you said, what is wrong with being strong? Like, having muscle, first of all, like if you're a woman and you're strength training, you will not look like Mr. Olympia. Like it's not possible. (laughs) We don't have that much testosterone. Yeah. (laughs) I promise you it will benefit your body in so many more ways. Like you will not get bulky. Just, it won't happen. Um, but 
yeah, uh, approaching it from a place of where are these beliefs coming from and what does strong look like in my life? Because strong looks different for every woman, right? I know so many yoga instructors, let's say, who are very, very strong. They can go into handstands and arm balances and they're just incredible and super inspiring. And they don't look super, super muscular, but they have this strength and this stability within their body that allows them to get into these incredible poses. So yeah, what does strong look like for you? And also the more you experiment with different kinds of movement, you will answer that question on your own. You will start to notice what strong looks like for me. So for example, for me, for me, strong looks and feels like when I am lifting and doing yoga, that lifting part of me is the intensity. It's like masculine energy. It's like the let's like deadlift super heavy and squat <laughs> super heavy and show myself what I can do and show myself that I'm a badass. And then that yoga side of me is like, let's find that calm. Let's find that Zen. Let's find that stability. Let's find that strength in a completely different way than the strength I get in the gym, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's finding what strong looks like for you. It's deconstructing those beliefs about what beautiful or what sexy or what fitness or health looks like to you. And, um, finding, um, fi- finding that unique, I guess, manifest manifestation of, of what that looks like for you. That is so, so incredible. I love that. Like strength is completely subjective, completely. It's, it's totally subjective, individualized, unique to you, because now I'm sitting here thinking, what does, what does strong look like for me? Like, what what does it look like for you? I'm curious. I don't, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. I think strong for me is I love lifting heavy things, but I also love being able to run pain-free. I love running and I love being able to cycle. Like Mm -hmm. that's one thing that Danny and I like really enjoy doing together. We actually went to a spin class last night and I felt strong in that class. Like when we kept adding on the spin bike, heavier, heavier, more resistance, more resistance, that was a different kind of strong than when I'm squatting 150 pounds or something, you know, completely different type of strength, but it still felt strong. So I think that running pain-free is really important to me. Um, and I also think that various body weight exercises make me feel super strong. Like no, I don't want to say calisthenics because I'm not there at all, but things like push-ups that that's really strong for me, being able to sort of master my own body weight and do a lot of push-ups is something that I really value chin-ups. Obviously I was working on chin-ups for a long time and I'm still working on chin-ups. Um, but that makes me feel really strong and really powerful. Um, yeah. so that's definitely something I'm going to be thinking about for the next week or so. Is, you know, <laughs> what, is, what is strong for me? That's really cool. And yeah, I, I, I wonder how I could sort of like map this out. Like, do I need to like brain dump? Do I need to get it on paper? How am I going to figure out like what that means to me? And, and like you said, uncover, that's such a cool, mm-hmm. cool yeah, concept. paying attention to your everyday life. Like what makes you feel strong? What, what are the things you do that make you feel like you could take on the world? And I think 
that is really the place that I, I, I try to inspire women, especially to work from is that place of what makes me feel strong and confident. Yeah. Um, because I think that what you learn in the gym is so, so, so much more than just the exercise, like showing up to the gym. First of all, you're showing up for yourself in and of itself. That is so powerful. And, and really, in, in my opinion, the key to living a confident and authentic life is showing up for yourself is proving to yourself that, you know, I can do this for me and I deserve to do this for me. Um, but yeah, the things that you learn in the gym, it's, it's proving to yourself again, that you can do hard things that you can lift heavier than you thought you could, that you can run faster than you thought you could. And although the physical aspects of that are great, like you're getting the health and fitness part of it, it's really what happens when you step outside of the gym, it's the stressors and the obstacles and the hardships that come in your way afterwards, outside of the gym, you know, that you can handle that because you've proven to yourself inside the gym that you can handle hard things and you can push past that mental block, or you can push past that inner critic that's telling you, you can't do it. So it's so, so much more than just the body. And that's why I really try to preach taking the emphasis away on how you look again, the, the physical results that that is a byproduct. Like if you are eating well and you are going to the gym, like your body will change and you will feel super great about what you see in the mirror. But what else does fitness give you? What else does lifting or running or doing yoga or really moving your body give you? Mm -hmm. um, you can get so much more out of it than just the physical results. And I think that that intrinsic motivation is really what keeps people coming back, like you and me, especially, right? We love the feeling of it. And we feel yeah. so much more capable in our everyday lives because of what we show ourselves in the gym. Definitely. And I think also if we're focused on the physicality and that aspect of it, or just like checking the boxes, you know, got to go to the gym twice a week, check, check, got to look a certain way, lose X amount of weight. Once we get there, what's the reward? Exactly. And then we get to this place of, okay, I did the thing. I lost the weight. I did the program or check the boxes. Like, how is that going to be sustainable? Great. You did the things, but what does it mean to you at your core to, to move? Why do you move? Why does it feel good? What does strong mean to you? What does wellness mean to you? And uncovering those aspects of yourself so that fitness can be sustainable. Something I talk about um, with some of my clients is their identity and sort of using an identity hack to continue your wellness journey. You know, someone might train with you for a month. Someone might train with you for two months. Someone might train with you for a year, but eventually people move on and people move and life happens and you might not be training with that same person anymore. So I like to ask them like, what, how can you use a little identity hack to make wellness sustainable? So for me, I've always identified as an athlete. I've been an athlete my whole life. I was obviously super athletic during university and I identify as an athlete. So athlete me is always active because athlete me loves to run, loves to exercise, loves to move. Athlete me likes to eat healthy and likes to eat well and likes to eat food that make me feel good so that I have more energy and I can run and I can exercise and I can feel really great. So tapping into that identity of 
you know, I am, there's a, bu- a bunch of different ones that you can use. I'm a weightlifter. I'm a power lifter. I'm a strength trainer. I am someone who cares about wellness. I'm an active person and really confirming and, and reaffirming that identity, I think can also help make that wellness sustainable for you and keep you exercising and keep you moving because it's part of who you are. It's part of who you are too. Like, do you have an identity that you associate with? Like I'm an active person or I, do you have one of those? Cause I do. I love it. I love this idea about identity. It's so funny that you bring it up because this year has been for me a big unraveling of my identity. And I'll explain what that means. So for the longest time, I also identified as an athlete and through my experience in the fitness and wellness field, I identified so heavily as being a trainer and a yoga instructor, a yogi, a group fitness instructor, a coach. Like I identified with these labels so heavily, um, which was incredible at first because it really gave me a sense of self and it gave me motivation to wake up and and do what I love to do every day. Um, But I personally have an addictive personality. Clearly I've had an eating disorder and, and mental health issues, but because of that kind of addictive tendencies, I latched on to these labels so heavily and I completely neglected other sides of myself. So yeah. long story short, this whole year was me letting go of all of my identities and asking myself, okay, who am I underneath the label of a trainer and a coach and a yogi and a this and a that, like, who am I at my core, which is, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation and that unraveling of my identity led me down a whole spiral. It was, it was very difficult. I had a lot of inner healing and, and, and things coming up to the surface because I really wanted to get to this place in my life where I could identify with those things without being obsessed or attached to them. So where I am now coming out of this unraveling process is yes, I am a trainer and a coach and a yoga yoga instructor, and I love lifting and running and yoga and all of the things, health and wellness. Um, But there's so much more to me than that as well. And I really realized that by letting go of all of these things. And when I say letting go, I mean, I didn't have a consistent fitness routine for a really long time. My appetite was so dysregulated. It was like, I completely forgot health and wellness altogether because I was just dealing with a lot of internal stuff. So where I am now, is I realized, well, no, those things are really important to me because they make me feel good. They make me feel more grounded in my body. They, they motivate me. They inspire me. So the idea about the identity, I love that you you help your clients kind of have that as part of who they are. Um, for me, I also have those little labels as part of who I am, but I try to remember that I really do all of this because it helps me be the best version of myself, period, end of story. When I wake up, I'm like, I got to do my meditation, my breath work. I got to move my body, not in a place of scarcity. Like, oh, I have to, because if I don't, then I won't have a body or a nice body or I'll lose something. But it's more like, no, I have to do this for myself because 
when I show up for myself in these ways, when I take care of myself in these ways, I am a kinder person. I am a more compassionate person. I am more present in my everyday life. I'm more generous to my friends and my family. I'm more creative with my work. I am way more focused at work. Life just completely opens up for me. So I've really tried to use that to ground myself every single day. Like I do these things because they help me be the best version of myself with or without a label. This is me at my highest self. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I think also when I, when I did leave university, I went through like a total identity crisis because I wasn't an athlete anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that uncovering of like, well, what does it mean to me to be an athlete? Like I I don't play sports right now. I'm not on any teams, but I still consider myself an athlete and I like to move in athletic ways and ways that make me feel incredible. And I like to switch up my workouts. One day I'm going to be doing strength training. The next day I'm going to be doing footwork or ladders or cone drills or something like that, because I love it. And it was so weird after university to be like, oh shit, I'm not an athlete anymore. And then be like, wait, actually, like I get to choose that. Like I get to decide if I'm an athlete or not. I don't have to be still playing sports or still on a team or still doing whatever. Like I can decide who I want to be and who I want to show up as each and every day. So it's really interesting for me, even when I, I meet new people and they sort of, especially at classes, you know, at classes, you sort of like chit chat with the instructor and I'm like, Oh, what, what, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I'm an athlete. And like, I will always like really resonate with that aspect of myself because I chose that for me. That is, is who I am and it keeps me motivated. It keeps me healthy and moving. And it also gives me the sort of capacity to engage in any kind of movement that I want. I can be doing a spin class one day and doing strength the next day and going for a walk the next day and snowboarding the next. I can engage in any sort of movement that I want because I'm not one specific thing. I'm not just focusing on that narrow-minded thing. So yeah, really, really interesting. You're an athlete of life. So much. Yeah. (laughs) You're an athlete of life. That's what it is. And, and, and really that's where we all, that place is where we all really want to be is not necessarily identifying as an athlete, but more so having something that we can ground ourselves in so that we can continue to show up every day and have it be a sustainable lifelong practice. Like if you, you know, go on a diet or you do, um, an X week program or whatever, that's, you know, great because you're trying something new, but like you said earlier, what happens after it's like, how are you going to create those habits and those daily wellness practices consciously and intentionally so that you can carry them on throughout the rest of your life. In the very beginning, it's going to be hard because you're changing habits and you have to put a lot of mental effort and consciousness into showing up and doing the thing. But if you do it every day and you are dedicated to bettering yourself through those wellness practices and habits, one day down the road, they will become just a part of your everyday routine, just like brushing your teeth is. We don't really think about brushing our teeth, right? We just do it. Yeah. But when we were a kid, we would have to be reminded by our, by our parents, like, oh, it's time to brush your teeth. You have to do it. You're like, oh, right. God, I got to go brush my teeth. It's the same thing with, you know, even going for a walk, 
drinking a green smoothie in the morning, going to the gym, like whatever, whatever it is you're doing these days to take care of your health and wellness. It's a conscious choice at first, but then over time, it just becomes a regular part of your everyday routine. And then there is no end goal other than the fact that, you know, I'm doing this to just be better today, be more alive, be more mindful, feel healthy and energetic. Yeah, like that that is the end goal, and you want that every single day, so it never ends. <laughs> yeah, I think the person who like really figures out the number one secret. I think this is what a lot of people are looking for: the one secret to make health and wellness sustainable, and movement sustainable, and part of who you are. Um, someone's going to do something like that. Someone's going to say, like, this is exactly how to make health and wellness sustainable. And we're going to try and grasp onto that. And I guess what, what you're sort of getting at is there's no one solution. Like it's going to suck at first. You're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to be learning that habit until it eventually just becomes part of who you are. And think about my sister, for example, um, my sister was, she, she would finish work every day around like six. Okay. And she needed to pass some really heavy lift tests because she's a paramedic. And she bought the gym membership and was doing the things. And every single day at six, she would finish work and she would go to the gym. And then when lockdown happened, um, and obviously all of the gyms were closed every day around 6 PM, she would get this crazy energy surge. And I was like, man, you were like buzzing right now. Like she would get so hyper around 6 PM every single day because it had become a habit. It had become part of what her body just knew. Oh, it's 6 PM. It's time to exercise. Here's all the energy. And it was actually both hilarious because we were just at home and she would have these huge surges of energy at six, but also like really, really interesting to be like, wow, like you have Mm -hmm. fully integrated into your body and your physiology that around this time of day is when you move and your body knows that you're going to move at this time of day and it's preparing you. It's just, it's really interesting when things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mind and the body are so adaptable. Like we are the most adaptable species. That is why we are here living life the way we do. And everything we've created is because we've adapted to our environment. So it is really the daily thoughts, behaviors, habits, actions that you take and that you do that creates this ripple effect moving forward. And your, your body will adapt to whatever it is, whatever stimulus you're giving it. So if you are in the habit of not working out, of not eating well, of not having a consistent sleep schedule of talking to yourself negatively, your body adapts to that. And then that becomes your default setting and getting out of that is so difficult But once you make, again, make that conscious choice to get out of it and to develop new habits, your body will then adapt to that. And just like your sister have this surge of energy every day where your body's like, all right, it's time to work out. Here's all the energy. Like we got to go. So whether you are consciously or unconsciously have healthy or unhealthy habits, your body and your brain will adapt. So (laughs) you might as well start choosing the habits that will give you the most joy, the most happiness, the most energy, the most health, just so you can live your life to the fullest. Like we're, come on, we, we don't have a very long life in the grand scheme of things. Like you might as well live it being 
happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Finding and when the you things talk- that make you happy. Mm-hmm. When you talk about like habits and thoughts and things like that too, um, I'm thinking of this idea that you've sort of brought to my attention of like the feminine and the masculine energy and having habits that complement both. And I think for a long time, I've always operated out of masculine and check the boxes, do the things, um, grind, hard work, go for it. And now I'm like seeing this surge of feminine energy, especially on your Instagram of like, shit, like maybe I need more feminine energy in my life. Can you speak to that at all? Oh my God. Yeah. I am so passionate about masculine and feminine energies. Um, so for those of you who don't know, this is Masculine feminine energy has have nothing to do with sex or gender. It is energies that every human being holds. It's like the yin, yin and the yang, the, the hot and the cold, the light and the dark. It's the polarity of being a human. So it has nothing to do with whatever gender you identify with. So everybody has masculine and feminine energies, but like essentially masculine is the doing and feminine is the being. And this society that we live in, just because of 500 years of patriarchy, um, we are very heavy in the do. We are very heavy in the productivity, in the consuming, creating, doing, 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 the hustling grind mindset. Um, which is great in some ways, but human beings at the end of the day are animals. We're a part of nature and we work in cycles. We are not meant to grind and hustle 24 seven with no rest, especially women. Women are (laughs) so, (laughs) women have so, we literally have monthly cycles for a reason. Like we are meant to be in different stages, not only in our lives, but within these cycles that we have naturally in our bodies. And I think in in society, we have forgotten about that. And speaking as a woman, we've forgotten how to tune into those natural rhythms, how to tune into the natural rhythms of nature. You know, like when the sun comes up, we're up, when it goes down, it's time to wind down. We can't do that because of technology and screens and and things, you know, messing up our circadian rhythm. Um, But it's, it's being aware, again, being aware of this, you can't change anything that you're not aware of. So taking a step back, giving yourself that space and that silence to just stare at the wall and think like, how do I feel? Does my body feel absolutely exhausted right now? Have I been super on edge or moody recently? Have I been sleeping really bad? Have I haven't been having really intense cravings. All of these are signs that you have been overworking your body. And let me tell you, 99% of us have been. And so this idea of feminine energy and kind of stepping back into that yin state, into the being state is so powerful, especially for women, because we need that rest time. We need that time where we can just literally exist, right? We have this idea in our minds that when we're not doing, we're being lazy or unproductive because that's what society has taught us. When you're not creating, when you're not contributing to society, when you're not being productive in the sense of the way that, you know, we've been conditioned to believe we are not worthy as human beings. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are really hard on themselves when they're not doing something like, yeah, you're allowed to just literally exist you're allowed to just sit there and breathe like that is 
part of your duty as a human being is to just exist. So yeah, this idea of feminine energy is growing a lot, especially in the world of holistic health, spirituality, and personal development, because we need it. We need it. We are exhausted and it is so unsustainable. It's just like fitness, right? How do you expect yourself to develop a sustainable relationship with fitness when you're working out seven days a week, doing intense hit training, and then not getting enough sleep? Like you, it, your body will break down and it yeah. probably already has for a lot of people. So balancing the masculine and feminine energies is an incredible way to allow yourself to tune into the natural rhythms of your body, the natural rhythms of nature and the natural rhythms of life. Sometimes we work, sometimes we rest. Sometimes it's light, sometimes it's dark. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. And that is the polarity of being a human. Um, wow. So long story short, Masculine is the structure. It's your routines. So your morning routines, kind of like what you do when you go to work, having those consistent things, the structures, the containers that you set for yourself. And then the feminine is the flow within it, allowing yourself to really feel into your body. What do I feel like doing within this, let's say hour time slot that I've, that I've given myself and checking in constantly to your energy to your emotions, to the physical sensations in your body, um, being aware of what your body's telling you. If you're exhausted and your body's saying, take a nap, like you should probably go take a nap. You're not lazy <laughs> for doing that, you know? Definitely. <laughs> it, it will benefit you in the long run, I promise. So yeah, yeah that's just a, a little summary of what masculine and feminine energies is. But definitely it. we're seeing the rise of the feminine and I am here for it. I need it. I need it so bad. So what are like (laughs) three things, three little things that people can do to tap into their feminine energy? Three short tips. Ooh, I love. Okay. Number one, dance, Mm. dance intuitively, freely eyes closed. Just put on a song, get in your body and just move. A lot of us, um, start judging ourselves when we move. We're like, oh, I can't dance or I look dumb or just, you know, you're in your room alone. No one's watching you. Just move, be be loud, take up space, allow yourself to move. So dance is a beautiful, beautiful way to one, get into the body, but two, tap into that feminine essence. So women have been dancing for for as long as we've been alive, as long as we've been here. So dance is an incredible way or any, any mindful intuitive movement. So even if it means getting on your yoga mat, putting on a song and just moving in whatever way feels good for you, that's a beautiful way to just allow your body to lead instead of your head leading. We're always in the mind. So just allowing your body to move. Um, Two, another way to tap into that feminine energy is allowing yourself to feel, which is, oh my God, I could have another hour long conversation with you about feelings because it is so, so powerful, but feel your feelings, stop distracting yourself, stop numbing yourself, stop running away from them. If you're sad, sit there, hold yourself, put your hands on your heart and let yourself cry without attaching a story to what that means feel it just like feel the sadness allow it to come out allow it to express itself and you'll you'll see that when you allow yourself to feel 
you are able to move through it and transmute it and you're not carrying it on with the rest of your day. So one dance, two feel your feelings, both are somatic based, both are embodiment practices getting in your body. Um, And three would be probably writing um, or some form of written expression because when you when you hand write it taps into an intuitive part of your brain and when you allow yourself to freely express to be messy on the page that is tapping into the feminine energy the 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 feminine is essentially show up as you are in your messy raw unfiltered human expression and allow that to be okay so when you're dancing intuitively when you're feeling your feelings and when you're just brain dumping on a page without judging yourself about it that is you being your most authentic raw unfiltered self and that is the feminine no structures no constraints no judgments no rules just show up as you are and have that be okay yeah so one dance two feel your feelings three right all encompass the more intuitive somatic practices or somatic based um, habits that you can instill in your everyday life to tap into that more free flowing, raw, unauthentic, uninhibited state. Definitely. Everybody, even men, men have feminine energy too, and they are allowed to feel their feelings and to dance and to write and to show up as their unfiltered self. Cause I think every, every human being deserves to do that. Definitely. It's interesting when, uh, when we hung out a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about like the shovel of creativity and like when I feel an idea or something, I feel like I'm being bashed across the head with a shovel. And I asked you like, how do I make, like, how do I get more shovels to hit me? How do I get more creativity? And I thought that you were going to give me a tip to go outwards, like to, well, do this or read that or listen to this and then you'll be more creative. But you actually said you need to meditate. And I was like, what? Like, how am I going to get creative meditating? (laughs) Don't I have to be like looking around? Don't I have to be listening or reading or watching or engaging in some sort of way? And you were like, no, no, like you have to meditate. You have to go inwards. And I did it yesterday. And I got hit with like five shovels. Of course you did. It was amazing. I sat there by the lake with my notebook (laughs) and I literally just thought I'm just going to write down whatever comes to my damn brain. And it was like shovel, boom, boom. And then I called Danny as I was walking home and I was like, Danny, I I, I got these ideas that I got to do. And it's so interesting because we have to make that space. And it sounds like the feminine energy and and that state of being is where the space is, where the flow comes through and the ideas come through. And I I like am envisioning like waves, like things can just happen if you allow space for them. Yeah. Oh my God. First of all, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. It's really hard. It's really hard to create that space because again, we are conditioned and bombarded by do this, buy this, be that, look here, always external, 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 which is like the masculine, look outside yourself, look at the structures, do, do, do. Mm -hmm. And we are so disconnected from our inner state, but our creativity is our feminine. Our creativity is our inner child. Our creativity is that 
natural essence underneath all of the bullshit that we've been told. Kids, all kids are naturally creative. They don't go read books and look outside themselves to be creative. They just grab a paper, grab a pen and start scribbling and whatever, like that is their, their natural state. So every human being is creative. We have just stopped ourselves um, from allowing it outwards. So creativity is full expression, is the feminine. So when you are allowing yourself to be your natural, raw, fullest version of yourself, that is your creativity. So yeah, the number one tip to, if you want to be a more creative person is create space for yourself. Stop looking outside of yourself, get quiet, sit in stillness, notice these like chatty thoughts that are going on in your head, get in your body by doing some form of embodiment practice. And then come talk to me after, because guaranteed you'll get hit with 10 shovels Um, (laughs) because that is the like natural flow. That is the natural state of human beings. We are supposed to be a channel for creativity. We are, the human body is literally an embodied spirit. It is, it is the soul. It is a spirit. It is energy contained within a physical manifestation, our physical bodies. So that creativity gets channeled through our body and we like manifest it into the world. Like when you get an idea and then you go create, you are literally birthing, like you are birthing an idea, like the feminine, you are creating. Ah, um, wow. Yeah, so I love that idea of, of birthing, of creating, of, of making an idea or a feeling or an intangible thing all of a sudden tangible, visible. I created an art piece. I made a song. I created a website. Like this is something that someone can see. And it came from inside of myself. That is where creativity lies in your body, in your intuition, in your stillness, in your feminine. So if you're trying to like hustle and grind your way to creativity, you're going to hit a wall at some point or chances are it it hasn't worked yet. So take the other approach and then, and then come back to me. Oh my God. When you said birthing, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what women are meant to do. Whether it's birth a baby or birth ideas, we are meant to create. And that comes from the feminine. And then of course we need the structures and containers of the masculine in order to do that. Because if we're just all feminine and all free flowing and like, Oh, what do I feel like doing today? There will be no it'll be hard to move forward because you don't have a container. You don't have a structure. So you need the structure in the container of the masculine and then the, you allowing yourself to be in your fullest expression. And those two go hand in hand. And that is how you balance the masculine and the feminine energies in order for you to show up as your fullest self and create what you're here to create. Wow. That is incredible. That's like mic drop. <laughs> Don't mic drop. Those moments. That was even, an aha moment for me. Even as I'm saying all of this, like this is just being channeled through. I, I try not to think too much when I talk. I just like I let it come from my body. And again, mm-hmm. that is me allowing my expression, which I know a lot of people have difficulty doing, but start today. Start practicing today of how you can tap more into your heart, your body. Get out of your head, man. 
there's too much shit in the head. (laughs) There's so much in there. Oh my God. I wish I could delete so much information in my head. Like like a computer. I wish I could just go in and delete, delete, well, don't maybe, need it, don't need maybe it. you can't delete it, but the, you know, the process of meditation or getting quiet, it allows you to let go. Yeah. Like the ideas that we hold so strongly in our head that we think are so important when you get quiet for like a minute, you're like, Oh yeah, that doesn't matter. That's not important right now. Why am I worrying about that? Oh Yeah. <sighs> And everything just becomes a little bit quieter. And then you can attach yourself to the ideas that really do matter. Like these shovels that hit you and you're like, I gotta go (laughs) create this thing. Or really you get to the heart of what matters to you when you get quiet. Something that I love about you, and I've expressed this multiple times, but you have the most incredible balance of science and spirituality Mm. all at once. And it's the coolest thing because even in, in your programs, your, your wellness programs and your exercise programs, they're so rooted in, in science and physiology and anatomy and biomechanics. Same with the nutrition advice that you give. It's very evidence-based and, you know, I know that you do research and I know that you read like literature and peer reviewed articles and all of these things, but then you also have this really unique level of spirituality that sort of come together in this I don't even know how to describe it. It's like two things that come together and are just perfect. You know what I mean? And thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. No, it's the, it's just such an incredible thing that, that you do. And I wonder if, if more people looked at wellness through, through both the science and the spirit, what changes that we could make? Mm, I think we're definitely seeing a rise of the integration of both. Um, You know, science is, incredible and and it's allowed us to do so many amazing things but I think we have lost that connection to something a little bit outside of ourselves and that doesn't mean religion that doesn't mean God it just means something that we can't really tangibly see it's more of a felt experience and we have neglected the natural rhythms of nature for a really long time, which have been a key pillar in indigenous teachings and culture. And many ancient civilizations have used nature and and the cycles of life to lead what they do on a day-to-day basis. And I think we've lost that. And it's a shame because when we do integrate the beautiful things that we've accomplished with science with the felt experience, with the heart, with, with the body. And when I say that, I don't mean anatomy, like your muscles and your bones and your ligaments. I mean, your energy. I mean, the vibration. I mean, the feeling something that you can't necessarily see under a microscope, but that every single human being experiences and feels. I think when you combine those two, that is truly when you can get in alignment with your life. It's that, that idea of holistic health, right? Taking care of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. That is truly the balance that everybody is looking for yeah. in their, in their life. It's incredible. So, so I, I really do hope that more people kind of take this approach because it's for me personally, it's led to such a more expansive, joyful life. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
So for the people who do want that, that level of holistic wellness, um, and maybe they're thinking that they need to start this journey in 2022, maybe they need to find a little bit of you. Do you have some fun things going on that you want to share? I have so many fun things going on. 2022 (laughs) is going to be such an exciting year. I am. Oh my God. I'm so excited. But yeah, I am launching uh, a program in January starts, I think January 3rd or 4th, whatever that Monday is called Empower, which you were actually a part of in the very first run. So this is the third time I'm hosting it live. The third and last time, actually, I'm going to host it live. Um, but you were a part of the first one and it was such an incredible experience, but, um, that was amazing. It was so much fun. It's, it's essentially a program for your body, mind, and soul. So it's four weeks group program, live functional strength training, yoga classes, holistic health coaching. We're going to take care of all of those pillars of your wellness. So you are learning the fundamentals of strength training and really tapping into that power and strength. And like we were talking about before, what, what strength looks like for you, you're really learning the fundamentals. So you can walk into a gym and know exactly what you're doing. You get the yoga classes. So I'm going to, you know, guide you through guided meditation, stretching, intuitive movement, getting in the body for, for a deeper experience. And then we have holistic health coaching where we're going to talk about, um, nutrition, body image, feelings, like all of, all of that fun stuff. So you really get a well-rounded experience and you're in a community of, of like-minded women, of people who are really looking to take care of their wellness in more ways than just the physical. Um, and you have that accountability, you have that support, you have that sisterhood within a container. Um, so I'm so excited to be doing this again. It's, it's created such incredible transformations for all the women who have been a part of the program. And I really teach sustainable wellness practices that you can take outside of this four weeks. So once the four weeks is done, like you have learned all of the foundations, all of the key pillars to everything that I know and have have experienced about holistic health, strength training, the body, the mind. Um, Like even, you know, today, a lot of the women who were part of my program before, they they still have been keeping up with their wellness practices because it's, it's coming from, it's coming from their body from their heart from this makes me a better person so yeah empower starting january i'm so excited and where can they find you where can they get onto this program because trust me y'all you need to do it i'm saying i'm saying um they can reach out to me on instagram i haven't officially launched it yet it's going to be launching sometime this week but instagram will be the place to learn all of the details registration dm me if you have any questions so ig is the place it's at odetta casa which is my first and last name um yeah i'm really really looking forward to it super excited that was the first and only exercise program that I've done that included meditation. <laughs> like Which I've never done that. my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I did a couple it programs after mind. that still is the only program I've ever done that included meditation. So trust me, you guys, you need to get on this program that Odetta is launching. It is so worth it. And you're definitely going to be able to do push-ups. You're definitely, oh, yeah. you're definitely going to be able to meditate. You're definitely going to feel a wee bit more spiritual and learn some nutrition things. 
I've done it y'all. And I loved it. I adored it. It was incredible. So please reach out to Odetta on Instagram and make sure that you don't miss that launch because it's going to be super powerful and power. I love it. Thank you so much. I was really just, you know, the intention of creating empower and running empower was I want to help women develop a healthier relationship with fitness food in their bodies. Like how can you approach fitness and wellness from a sustainable, compassionate, intuitive place, really incorporating this whole conversation has essentially been the pillar of what my program is about. Yeah. (laughs) Like how can you combine all of these different principles and theories into practice and integrate it in the body in a way that is sustainable and enjoyable Mm -hmm. and fun. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Super fun. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. still talk to a lot of the women that we did the program. Oh, with the first I love time. It. Yeah. We They're all have each other on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So let's, let's wrap things up. So looking ahead into 2022, what is one thing that you want our listeners to know leading up to the new year? One little tip or one takeaway, or just something to sort of hit people in the heart for 2022. Oh, what a great question. What is something I want to tell people for 2022? I'm going to feel into that for a second. Mm -hmm. What's coming up for me is get in your body. Yeah. That's just kind of like what was channeled through me just now. Get in your body. So tap into that intuitive, maybe feminine, energetic, place, listen to your body, develop a healthier relationship with your body and try to, yeah, get out of your head and into your body because there's so much wisdom that your body holds that will allow you to lead such a healthier, more joyful life if you just listen to it. So honestly, 2022 is the year to get into the body. I'm going to get do that. in it, baby. I got to listen. My body's been telling me some things that I've been ignoring. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be doing that in 2020. Yeah, girl. Proud of you. I love it. Okay. Odetta, thank you so much for taking the time today oh, and oh, listeners oh. get on Odetta's Instagram. Seriously. You need to be there. Thank you, Odetta. You're incredible. I love chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much. This was this is such a beautiful way to start my week. So I'm excited for next time to have plenty of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good. At the end of every episode, I always say it's a beautiful life. So I'll count us down and we can say it together. What do you think? Okay. Okay. Love I it. always say it's a beautiful life. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. It's a beautiful it's a life. Beautiful life. <laughs> but it really thank is. you so much for listening really to today's is. episode. Thank you so much, Odetta. If you enjoyed the episode, oh it would mean so the much. world to me if you could leave me an Apple podcast review. This podcast cannot and will not grow without your help. So if you have a moment, a little review goes a long way. If you'd like to stay in touch with the Crazy Beautiful Life community, you can follow me on Instagram at B-E-E.S-P-I-E-R-S. That's at B Spears on Instagram. And you can join the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group for exclusive content, one-on-one time, and all the empowerment that you need. Have a wonderful day. And remember, it is a beautiful life.